I'm really speaking about all of humanity, you know, without exception of anybody, you know. And I, I know that um, a lot of the content in the songs is very heavy, you know, but uh, see, fantasy is what people want, but reality is what they need. And I've just retired from the fantasy part because I realized that uh, She's going to use it Think she's going to fly away fly. No one should try and stop her Persuade her with their power She says that her mind is made Connected it, brainwaves stay connected it. Her meditation skills keep her traveling through the stars. 
Came from the ether, destination unknown, flown from outer space where by to ancient people were grown. Shown the truth since the youth and the roots showed the proof. Opening pathways like the Father Eshu. Like that boot camp sheet, a strange wonder. Ascended to the heavens from the land of down under. Trying to figure how to reunite our people now asunder. She devours these alliances to stave off from growing hunger. Her number, the two stands forever growing wisdom. She is the moon, he the sun. Overstand and make the cycle one. You could catch a politicking on the streets of Mecca. Did she rest in Ile Ife to recharge her by your essence? One is when she broke the earthly terrain Born with two Fulani earrings and a pocket full of change That's with the voice, that's the sound to behold She broke the mold, renewed the old Turned the microphone to solid gold Spoke with the elders before she left the home planet And they told her never disrespect the craft if you can stand it Remember the four facets, they would carry you far Not for you to be a star, but a preserver of art Part human cause the body she inhabits A goddess cause she carried bloodlines of the immortal status Like Gladys, took the midnight train to Georgia Seeking out the ground like old Moorish explorers The forest of knowledge was barren and weeds were taking over She took the seed from her magic bag and planted near a 40 clover A lotus flower grew from mud at the riverbanks The people start rejoicing on their knees giving thanks They asked her name, wonder why she wasn't famous She said my name is Cyrock, you're confused on what my aim is I do this not for recognition, but to change my folks' position This is lesson one or one, so hold your tongue and start to listen You are the lost tribe, wanders from the light Sent to conquer universes, turn the wrongness to right The uncivilized have an envious eye And they plotted your demise based on treachery and lies You lost your culture and the jewels that you came with They learned your alchemy and they used it to make a name with Became the false gods while the real ones suffered the Jews became dull and over time they lost their luster You forgot the mission and got tricked into submission Now the elders sent me here to resurrect the beats and rhythms This is your movement and it can never be stopped It's the spirit of our people giving the name of hip hop
full exaltation to those who liberate themselves. Joyous, joyful exaltations and greetings to those who liberate themselves. Welcome to Women Wednesday. I'm your host, Mariama Tanay. Blessings, greetings, and love to all within the listening ear. Tonight's theme. Tonight's theme is a modicum of wisdom. The why and the way. Part one, a modicum of wisdom, the why and the way. We're going to start off tonight in the praise up, as there is nothing new under the sun that the Most High has not refined with His divine guidance. Starting off in Psalm 111.10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do His commandments. His praise endureth forever. His praise endureth forever. And fear is the beginning. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And James 1, 1 to 8. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, Greeting, my brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and unbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. But let him ask in faith, not wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. In all his ways. And the wisdom of Solomon. The wisdom of Solomon, chapter 7. I myself also am a mortal man, like to all and the offspring of him that was first made of the earth. And in my mother's womb was fashioned to be flesh in the time of ten months 
being compacted in blood of the seed of man and the pleasure that came with sleep. And when I was born, I drew in the common air and fell upon the earth, which is of like nature. And the first voice which I uttered was crying, as all others do. I was nursed in swaddling clothes, and that with cares. For there is no king that had any other beginning of birth. For all men have one entrance into life, and the light going out. Wherefore I prayed, and understanding was given me. Wherefore I prayed, and understanding was given me. I called upon God, and the spirit of wisdom came to me. I preferred her before scepters and thrones, and esteemed riches nothing in comparison of her. Neither compared I unto her any precious stone, because all gold in respect of her is as a little sand, and silver shall be counted as clay before her. I loved her above health and beauty, and chose to have her instead of light, for the light that cometh from her never goeth out. All good things together came to me with her, and innumerable riches in her hands. And I rejoiced in them all, because wisdom goeth before them. Wisdom goeth before them. Because wisdom goeth before them, and I knew not that she was the mother of them. I learned diligently, and do communicate her liberally. I do not hide her riches, for she is a treasure unto men that never faileth, which is they that use become the friends of God, being commended for the gifts that come from learning. God hath granted me to speak as I would, and to conceive as is meet for the things that are given me, because it is he that leadeth unto wisdom, and directeth the wise. For his hand are both we and our words, all wisdom also, and knowledge of workmanship. For he hath given me certain knowledge of the things that are, namely, to know how the world was made, and the operation of the elements, the beginning, ending, and midst of the times, the alterations of the turning of the sun, and the change of seasons, the circuits of the years, and the positions of the stars, the natures of living creatures, and the furies of wild beasts, and the violence of winds, and the reasonings 
of men and the diversities of plants and the virtue, the virtue of roots. And all such things are either secret or manifest. Them I know. For wisdom, which is the worker of all things, taught me. For wisdom, which is the worker of all things, taught me. For in her is an understanding Holy Spirit, an understanding Spirit holy, one only, manifold, subtle, lively, clear, undefiled, plain, not subject to hurt, loving the thing that is good, quick, which cannot be leaded, ready to do good, kind to man, steadfast, sure, free from care, having all power, overseeing all things, and going through all understanding, pure, and most subtle spirits. For wisdom is more moving than any motion. She passeth and goeth through all things by reason of her pureness. For she is the breath of the power of God. For she is the breath of the power of God and a pure influence flowing from the glory of the Almighty. Therefore can no defiled thing fall into her. For she is the brightness of the everlasting light, the unspotted mirror of the power of God and the image, the image of his goodness. Wisdom is the image of his goodness over sin. And being but one, she can do all things and remaining in herself she maketh all things new and in all ages entering into holy souls she maketh them friends of God and prophets. For God loveth none but him that dwelleth with wisdom. For God loveth none but him that dwelleth with wisdom. For she is more beautiful than the sun and above all the order of stars, being compared with the light. She is found before it. For after this coming night, but vice shall not prevail against wisdom. Vice shall not prevail against wisdom in Yeshua's name. That is the topic for tonight, tonight's theme. A modicum of wisdom, the why and the way. A small portion of wisdom, a modicum of wisdom, the why and the way. In my humble expression, understand. Knowledge versus wisdom. We're going to also break down the 
the three stages, the five keys, the seven jewels, and the ten perspectives of wisdom. The why and the way, a modicum of wisdom. In Yeshua's name, let's explore this muse, and we're going to take a music moment. Blessings and grace. that the wages of sin is death. Madness is the wages of ignorance that is death. Because when one knows not what is danger, he will walk into danger. See? And if a man cannot read to know that, don't touch that thing because it is two or two thousand volts high. He will touch it to feel those are the reasons why I'm an authorized banker. You can't blame the youth. See? Because the elders of today wanted to make it appear as if, well, it's the youths of today that created the situations that we live in today. Mr. Preacher Man, See? what you got to say to the nation? Mr. Preacher Man, what you going to say when the youths them turn away? I've been a believer for all of my life, but they've been. Coming 
constant conflict Sin. raging in my mind. The people are hurting and crying and searching and waiting for a reason to go on. Sin. And all you can say is go pray and be patient. It won't be this way for too long. Sin. He's the master of lightning, earthquake, and thunder. See, he's the creator of the forces of earth. He is the power of the Trinity, which is heat, air, and water. And we want man and men of this dispensation of time to know who Jah really is. And not to know who Jah is, but the followers of his imperial majesty, who they really are. We are not no little insignificant creatures just hurry come up the other day. Learn of something last year or ten years ago. I and I philosophy and administration is an ancient traditional way of life. 
See, I and I was the first Christian and will forever be, see. And don't try to create no shit thing that will distort the function of the Rastaman's moral. Sometimes you may even think you would die But perseverance is character And the character you get from endurance It gives you hope Your perseverance is Blessings and grace. 
And I'm back with tonight's theme. A modicum of wisdom. The why and the way. Now wisdom defined in the biblical sense. Wisdom is the ability to judge correctly. And to follow the best course of action. Based on knowledge and understanding. Okay, wisdom also is a set of commandments or rules giving us important examples of wisdom, but they are only examples. For example, in Matthew twenty-three twenty-three, it says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and, and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, Mercy and faith, these ought ye to have done, and not leave the other undone. So at the end of the day, matters of law, judgment, mercy, and faith have to come into play for wisdom to be present. You can't be over-righteous and over-wicked. The letter of the law is fine, but you have to leave room for mercy faith, and judgment, along with the matters of law. Wisdom means always acting according to the spirit of the commandments and not looking for any ambu- any kind of omission or ambiguity, which we can use to invade their true intent. Wisdom means understanding the consequences of our actions and words before we act or speak. Wisdom means having the knowledge and understanding to recognize the right course of action and having the will and courage, the will and courage to follow it. And why follow wisdom's path? Following the ways of wisdom helps bring us in harmony with the Most High because these ways are in accordance to His will as revealed by His words and are pleasing to Him. The ways of wisdom also bring us in harmony. It brings us in harmony with other persons because respect for others is the very essence of the commandments. The wisdom teachings are much more than an arbitrary, dictated moral code. They form a prescription. They form a prescription for living in peace with the people we interact with daily. Acting with wisdom brings us in harmony with ourselves, giving us a sense of self-worth and inner peace. The inner peace is achieved because we are acting in accordance with our consciences and avoiding the shame and guilt of following our baser instincts. Avoiding the shame and guilt of it all is being wise, overstand. Like Proverbs 3, 13 to 18, happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies. 
and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her. And happy is everyone. Happy is everyone that retaineth her. So that's why you should follow wisdom path. Is happy is a blessing. You know, we often fail in our daily struggle to act with wisdom. It does not come easily, but sometimes naturally. Although it's easier to follow our less than wise impulses, the rewards for acting with wisdom is great. When we give it our best effort, the payoff in self-esteem and inner peace will compensate us many, many, many times over. In Yeshua's name. Now wisdom in Baker's Evangelical Dictionary of biblical theology. Wisdom is the paradigms of Israel's religion, law, prophecy. And wisdom was not exclusive to Israel, but was shared by other ancient Near Eastern cultures. So it was not the form of Israel's religion that made it distinctive, but its content. Wisdom was a common way of thinking in this part of the ancient world. It was a way of viewing and approaching life, which involved instructing the young in proper conduct and morality, and answering the philosophical questions, the philosophical questions about life's meaning. The Old Testament, in the Old Testament, wisdom at one level describes skilled arts and artisans like weavers in Exodus 35, 25 to 26, architects, also in Exodus 35, 30 to 36, and goldsmiths in Jeremiah. At a second level, wisdom was keen insight into life and ways of dealing with its problems. Solomon was associated with wisdom in this sense. In Kings 3, 1 to 15, and also 1 Kings 4, 32 to 34, Although the term used was understanding, which occurs often as a synonym of wisdom, at a fourth level, understand, the term wisdom and wise apply to men and women who represent a way of thinking and conduct that is orderly, socially sensitive, and morally upright. A major thrust of wisdom in the Old Testament was a code of moral conduct. This is especially represented in the book of Proverbs, which gives instruction on personal behavior from the discipline of children to the golden rule treatment of one's neighbor. The goal of wisdom was to build an orderly and functional society that reflected the moral, the, the moral requirements of God as set forth in the law of Moses. 
And, for example, in the books of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, you know, the closing admonition of Ecclesiastes, you know, is the main body of it is to fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. And the apocryphal book of Ecclesiastes as well, you know, carries the viewpoint of equating wisdom with law. Keeping the law produces wisdom, and wisdom is found in keeping the law. And also, fear of the Lord and this disposition is the beginning of wisdom, and it also designates the process. Obviously, and it designates the process by which wisdom matures the individual. Wisdom raises you, overstand it matures you. It's a process. And the wisdom books of the Old Testament are Job, Ecclesiastes, and Proverbs. And um, also some Psalms fall into the wisdom category. And some scholars call this the rubric of higher or reflective wisdom. And that's um, Job and Ecclesiastes. And the other rubric is the more practical one, the Proverbs, which deals with issues that touch the individual's life, such as personal industry, integrity, sexual purity, family relations. And this subcategory is sometimes called lower or practical wisdom. And the wisdom psalms divide into these categories as well, representing high, higher wisdom and belonging to practical and category. In the New Testament, the epistle of James is often considered to incorporate wisdom elements and its practical advice and its practical advice for Christian living and the practical nature of the Beatitudes also puts them in the category of wisdom. And Luke took note that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. It shows the practical side of Jesus' teaching, so simple and direct. But it also includes a deeper knowledge of a mission and the most highest purpose of salvation. And Paul compares wisdom, Sophia, of men to a wisdom that has been hidden. A wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory. That God destined for our glory before time began. 1 Corinthians 2, 6, 7. The wisdom of men was human understanding as compared with the hidden wisdom of God, which was the knowledge of God's plan of salvation through Yeshua. Foreordained before the world began, the ultimate manifestation of wisdom was Yeshua. Ultimately, God revealed his wisdom in the person of his own son, Yeshua. And the three stages of the cultivation of wisdom, the three stages, are called hearing. <laughs> Overstand. Three stages, hearing, thinking, and meditation. Hearing refers to the process of study, the acquisition of information and knowledge. The acquisition of information and knowledge. Thinking 
refers to the rigorous analysis of the information or knowledge that has been gained until there is decisive resolution of its true meaning. And then through meditation, take the time to meditate on something, on what somebody said, or the situation that just transpired, or whatever you just went through, whether it be big or small. And then through meditation, we come to a direct experience of what has been conceptually understood. Because it's only meditation that leads to direct realization of these three stages. The one that is the most important is the third, the stage of meditation, taking time to meditate on something. We have to take the time to sit back and look at the analysis, you know, the analysis of the situation or whatever the, you know, be able to discern the attribute of things and to be able to do so correctly. That comes to you when you take time to meditate on it. We have to reflect. Reflection is so important. Not just looking in the mirror at yourself, but reflecting on the day's events, on the moments, the energetics of it all, how it all co you know, coincides and corresponds synergistically. The frequency, the patterns that are inlaid in whatever experience you're having at the moment. And also, five ways that the wisdom of philosophy matters in your life. The wisdom of philosophy matters. You know, a lot of us don't ask the big questions. We may think about the big questions of life from time to time, but there are philosophers that dedicate their lives to pursuing the answers so that our lives can become safer, easier, and more fulfilling. You know, they, there's an old saying that, you know, that common sense is not common. You know, so there are philosophers and philosophies that try to find whether something is actual logical as opposed to assuming something is right just because it's popular and long and long established. The deductive and inductive reasoning skills and critical thinking skills need to be assessed and addressed and you know and perfected. And a lot of people tend to be mentally confused, whether it's because of the chemicals in the soda and the juice and or the water or the vaccinations or the air <laughs> or whatever it's coming from that's causing a mental confusion. And we get emotional at things and sometimes, you know, we don't know why. And so when you pursue, when you pursue self-knowledge, Self-knowledge is the most important thing, you know, and believe in yourself enough to take the time to get to know yourself is the first step to a good life. The first step to a good life is knowing yourself well, you know, and also we don't know what makes us happy, so, you know, we, we have imaginings of what happiness would look like but once you're there sometimes it's not what you thought it would be understand so we overrate things 
that we think will make us happy. And we underestimate sometimes how simple things can contribute to our mental well-being. So therefore, you know, philosophers try to be precise about the activities and attitudes that actually can make our lives better. You know, whether you're getting an audible book or you're reading a book, you know, check out different philosophical matters and um, viewpoints. Not that you have to become, you know, like a cult behind that philosophy, but you can see the other perspectives and therefore widening your perspective. And speaking of that, sometimes we lose perspective. You know, so many things in our world are much bigger than we are. Or so it seems, right? And there's so many distractions. And we spend our days concerned with what we have and what we want. You know, and so philosophy helps us gain perspective and see the bigger picture. You have to be able to gain perspective and and see the bigger picture, you know. Zoom out and then zoom back in. Zoom out and see the whole board where all the pieces and the people are, who's playing what role, what movements can be made. And then you figure out where you're at in that picture. And then you zoom back in, you know, overstand and then direct your own path. And, and so there are five keys, you know, five keys to wisdom and wealth. And that the foundation, the bedrock foundation is wisdom. You know, and it's the fount that all other sources of success principle flows. All other sources. The wise man overstands, the wise man can see in the dark. All right. A lot of people see the concept of inner and outer success and believe that the outer world is a direct reflection of your inner world. So trying to change your outer world with no care for your inner one is like trying to remove facial hair by looking in the mirror and shaving your reflection's face. You can't reflect out first. You got to reflect in and then the inward shines out. You know, so strive to move around out of things, you know, but you, if you ignore your inner world, your mind, your soul, your spirit, either they won't, they won't budge and they will all revert to their previous conditions very quickly. And just a word of overstanding to the wise with those that hear, that have ears to hear, you know, as you grow and move in different levels and dimensions within your existence. It's, you know, as you change and move different, the people around you are going to change and move different. Understand? And so as you grow and mature and consider in yourself in a certain way within your ego, as we all have egos, that you've, you know, that you've matured and you, you know, you got this new level together, right? The familial spirits will come find you of the past. Because, see, we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. So those familial spirits will come in forms of people and test out your new inner growth to see if you really have changed or whether you will fall victim and revert to your previous condition. You know? Take all temptations with all joy as they work with patience. 
They work with patience. And within us all, there is a space reserved for a very valuable commodity. It's reserved for wisdom. And it's either empty or full or somewhere in between. But it's reserved for wisdom. So we have to cultivate humility. If wisdom is the foundation of true and lasting wealth, then humility is very near the foundation of wisdom. I mean, how can you possibly receive wisdom if you think you already have it? <laughs> like, I don't know at all. That's why I called this podcast a modicum of wisdom. I humbly drop my two cents in over Stan. So be teachable and be open and don't be a know-it-all. You know? And wake up and pay attention. Become a keen observer of yourself, other people, and events. Be both self-aware and socially aware. Wake up. Be in the moment. Most people are subconsciously self-induced in a trance. And they think that they're moving about freely, when in reality, they're a slave to circumstances. Constantly be observing and analyzing and processing the world around you and within you. And within you. Always be looking for the deeper meaning of everything. Ask yourself this question as often as possible. Why am I really doing this? Right? Or what's really going on here? And recognize pattern. Pattern recognition is the essence of all human thinking. So now that you're humble, be awake and attentive and begin to recognize patterns. Humble, awake, attentive, and ready to recognize patterns. You know, when I do this, this happens. When I do that, that happens. When, when I say this, this person reacts this way. When I have this kind of energy, it's reflected in this kind of way. And learn from your mistakes. When you're pointing a finger out at somebody saying it's their fault, there's three fingers pointing back at you. Everything can't be everybody else's fault. You got to recognize your own stink before you deal with somebody else's smell. You have to learn from your mistakes. And the most important patterns you want to be aware of are those ones involving mistakes, both yours and others. Learn from them. Be able to feel it before it starts to happen. <laughs> oh, I see how this is going, you know? That's the wisdom. That's, what, that's, that's the wisdom kicking in. And become a knowledge collector. A knowledge collector. A fiend. I mean, personally, I'm a fiend for knowledge. I love knowing stuff. <laughs> I want to know everything that the most I see fit for me to know. You know, so collect knowledge. Be a real truth seeker. And there's so much out here to, you know, these these trivial distractions are not going to help with the bigger picture and to have harmony within. In all different areas. A knowledge collector. And the seven jewels of wisdom. 
right? The seven jewels. The seven jewels or gems or treasures. You know, first, the operation of nature. Using nature in this sense of the absolute total aggregation of all that is inside and outside everywhere, which in man manifests as re-embodiment or reincarnation can be briefly expressed as the change of his vehicle or body when his inner state or condition changes. For by the operation of nature, he is finally called to gravitate toward or must go to another state or condition and place. And this is called death. But it is another form of life. Okay, that comes from the fundamentals of esoteric philosophy. Overstand. The second key is karma. Karma. Karma is in no sense of the word fatalism on, on one hand, nor what is properly known as chance on the other. Essentially, it's a doctrine of free will, but naturally, the entity which initiates a movement or an action, spiritual, mental, psychological, physical, or other, is responsible thereafter in the shape of the consequences and the effects that flow therefrom. And sooner or later, the recall, the recall upon the prime mover and shaker that made it happen is going to happen. Since everything is interlocked and interlinked and interblended with everything else. And no thing and no being can live unto itself alone. In smaller or larger degree. Affected by the causes or motions initiated by any individual. But such effects or consequences are only indirectly and morally compelling power in the true sense of the word. Moral. And the third jewel is the doctrine, the doctrine of interpreting beings or existences, otherwise called the doctrine of hierarchies, which are also inseparable and universally interpenetrating planes or spheres. Everything exists in everything else. There are, in strict truth, no absolute divisions anywhere, neither high nor low, nor within nor without, neither right nor wrong, nor up nor down. Fundamentally, there is naught but an external is and an and internal now. Everything interpenetrates everything else. The very atmosphere we breathe, for instance, is vibrant and living with, the, with multitudinous lives. And the essence or lives are in the air we breathe, in our bones, in our blood, in our flesh, in everything. Think of it then. Let your thought go free and release yourself inwardly. Let your imagination carry you into the wonders of these keys and open up our minds. Conscious study of the ancient wisdom and a pure and unselfish life will be your unfailing guides. And the fourth key is the doctrine of essential characteristics. Essential characteristics of any entity or spiritual radical. The doctrine also 
of self-generation or self-becoming in manifestation. Self-becoming. Thus affirming one's responsibility in and for oneself. Self-becoming. The most mystic of the four keys mentioned. And actually it's the key to the other three keys. <laughs> Overstand. The self-becoming and manifestation. The self-generation. The seeds are already in us. We have to, you know, germinate and bring forth. And bring forth. And the fifth jewel is the evolution or unfolding of latent potentials from within. The unfolding of all the potentials. We have all of us have so much potentiality and so many different various subjects and things is the key to self-conscious being in existence. For the entire aim, method, and operation of universal being is the raising of the inferior to the superior. The raising. We raise our children. We raise ourselves. The most high raises the sun, understand. The raising of the inferior to the superior. And this great work cannot ever be achieved by following the path for oneself. That's the work of the Most High. And the sixth jewel is the doctrine expressed that says the immortality vehicle, the carrier or the barrier, the path of immortality, referring to the individual man and the other, um, the path of each one for himself. Like, I believe there is a road dug up and paved just for me, and there's one just for you. And I don't have to worry about your road, because I got my own road that was made and dug up just for me. The path for each one for himself. You know? The relation of individuality to personality. individuality and personality and the seventh jewel is knowledge of the self knowledge of self and it embodies and hides a doctrine which is truly sublime the keynote of all of this is how one becomes the many and this is the most difficult problem that the human spirit has ever attempted to solve. The one becomes many. Knowledge of self. Overstanding your own immortality vehicle being the, the bearer or the path. Individually, we're each paths. You're a path. I'm a path. And we each have our own path that's specific to us and our personality and our and 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 based on our uniqueness and individuality as the most high set forth us to be here for this time and span. And wisdom is a kind of meta-knowledge, meta-knowledge that helps make better sense of the rest of our knowledge. 
ordinary knowledge is fact-centered. Wisdom is meaning-centered. It's meaning-centered. Wisdom finds meaning in factual knowledge by relating to it in a variety of contexts and by viewing it from a variety of illuminating perspectives. Ultimately, meaningful understanding combines with wise values to create wise action. Okay, wise values to create wise actions from meaningful understanding, the meaningful understanding of it all. And so some of the perspectives that one takes in the meaningful understanding process and counterbalancing them with their wise values to create wise action is the self-knowledge perspective. Wise people understand themselves better than most people. They are aware of their strengths and their weaknesses and have developed workarounds to stay out of trouble. They've paid attention to how their own minds work and thus they're better able to understand the mind processes of others. And the law of nature perspective. You know, we contemplate doing things in the physical world and ask ourselves, will this work if I do this and what will happen? And it's at times like these an understanding of basic physical laws can lead to better, wiser decisions. The laws of life perspective. Laws of life. Wise people have developed a better than ordinary understanding. A better than ordinary understanding of the ramifications and the consequences. They are aware of general rules that apply in various life situations, they understand, for instance, you know, and they overstand. And the system perspective, the system perspective on reality is a powerful tool for understanding the world around us and the complexities in the natural world emerges as a hierarchy of systems. And each system in this hierarchy is a whole at its own systemic level and a component in a system at the next level up in the hierarchy. See, so each piece is a piece that forms another piece, understand? Elementary particles that cooperate with each other to form atoms. And atoms cooperate to create molecules. And molecules cooperate to create crystals and living cells, you know. So, very complex to the, from, from the very simple and how the systems work together. And humans cooperate and create those systems we call societies, economies, nations, right? So then you look at those as systems. So so any level in this hierarchy, the if a component part fails to function or fails to cooperate in the way that the system requires, then the system's damaged. And you can see where it was damaged at if you overstand the systems. And the evolutionary perspective, right? What's the universe up to and where does humanity fit in? You know, the chance and necessity kind of evolution. You know. We want wisdom to guide our actions in this area. We need to deepen our understanding of the cosmic and evolutionary context in which humanity is embedded. We need to be able to look at the human situation from the big picture vantage point. The big picture. Being able to zoom out, look at the board, see all the pieces, see what's happening, you know, and zoom back in and where do you fit in. And also, how did the situation 
evolve the evolutionary perspective? How did this become this? Where did it start from? And based on its starting point, where is it going to go to? Right? How, what, are, what are the patterns involved in the evolution of it, if at any at all? Then you have the complexity of causation perspective. And that's the human tendency to simplify causation. To simplify causation. We pick out some dominant element in a situation and call that the cause. When in fact there are a myriad of different reasons and circumstances that led, you know, to the here and now. And there is an entire causal matrix with roots that go back to the origin of time. Okay, so you have to look at the at the complexities of what caused something as well. And the probability and risk perspective, we make wiser decisions if we have a realistic sense of the probability of various outcomes and the risk involved in taking various actions and our guesstimates. You can estimate and you can guesstimate. Okay, so our guesstimates of risk are sometimes way off, yet the information on risk is available. So we have to do our due diligence and really have that perspective of what's the probability and the risk of this and the broadened identity or the oneness perspective. You know, as a person develops psychologically and spiritually, their sense of identity tends to broaden. And their circle of concern and identification widens from me to us and for a few to the entire universe. You know, so you can see how whatever you're doing or purposefully see, seeing to it that whatever you're doing has a broadened impact based on the move that you make and the perspective that you take as you make those moves and a broadened identity stance. And then the finiteness of life perspective. Because life is finite. Time is the raw material of our life. And a conscious awareness of our eventual death helps us to avoid life-wasting detours and helps to keep our life on a meaningful track. And that's the death of this form. But those that overstand know that it's the beginning of a new one. But the finiteness of this form, you know, time waits for no man as time time is a construct of man, you know. And so a host of values perspective, a host of values, and that's deeply held values of wise people, are vantage points from which to view life situations in the world. Is this just? Is this truthful? Is this caring? Is this compassionate? And so forth. Right? Does does this show mercy? That's the high values perspective. So taking all these perspectives into account as you move, you know, and seeing how the reflection of this wisdom can move you and your family. Overstand. So I hope that this presentation blessed ones to think of the different philosophies and the ways in which to move and think and maintain and also to gain, you know, the wisdom in Yeshua's name. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the go and gnosis. Blessings and grace.
Trying to be more than my rivals Pushing away the support that I've gotten And end up alone in this rifle What more do I fight for? My progression been trifling Can't keep the best of me liking for legacy sake My impression almost has been septic I'm turning my friends into skeptics What more will it take? Pushing my morals away But still wanting blessings All of this flexing is proving me less than the fake That I gained through my stress Overcame my depression To break under pressure What lecture can save me? Hiding in danger for safety My face to the payment Disgrace from the pain of me Making the same old mistakes That I claim I'm a break The devil's a way I can shake off the shame I won't wait till my problems stay shake But if I'm being honest My hindsight is biased I'll probably do worse If I tried this again I'm tired of trying to change To end up in 2018 Team and life is the same So now as I pray Asking God for his grace Through these trials To keep me from finding mistakes Cause I know I'm human I know I'm bound to do something that's stupid I know these haters is ruthless I know the gift that y'all gave me is too good Me losing that over an ego that's useless But I put on my fits aside If I fail there's no need to hide If I'm killing my pride that's inside then it need to die I'ma keep hold to the truth cause I know even through it that Even when I fall I still stand tall Even through it all I still conquer Try to tear me down But I am like a tree that is planted by the waters They try to tear me down But I cannot be moved I remember when Roe reminded me The righteous shall live by faith Ever since then, I've been living like it ain't never been a such thing as being faithless. And I know as long as I stay faithful, God will keep guiding me to where I need to be. And ain't no more running. Found out I couldn't hide from his hand. Grateful that none of my rivals can stifle his plan. And I ain't even got enemies. Except for my inner me, but even I want to see me prosper sometimes. It's like a constant battle between love and hate. Though it'll always be more love than hate, still I'm fighting my vices. Guess you can call me both David and Goliath, get it? I'm fighting myself, trying to get to glory, trying to acquire this eternal, internal wealth. Only joy, no sorrow, only peace, no chaos.
blessings and grace, and I'm back with the Go and Gnosis, your news infused with consciousness. I'm going to start off tonight at time.com. The FBI Director Andrew McCabe steps down. FBI Director Andrew, Andrew McCabe, a target of frequent and aggressive criticism by President Donald Trump, abruptly stepped down from his position Monday ahead of his planned retirement this spring. A 22-year veteran of the FBI, McCabe has been publicly and repeatedly lambasted over the past year by Trump, who has accused him of bias because his wife has political connections and the FBI investigation that produced no criminal charges against Hillary Clinton. McCabe, who has held a number of FBI leadership roles and been heavily involved in, in, in investigations into major crimes, including the 2013 Boston Marathon bombing, becomes eligible for retirement in a matter of weeks. FBI staff learned Monday that McCabe was leaving the Bureau's number two post effective immediately. And so in a message Monday to FBI employees, Ray said that McCabe would be retiring on March 18th and denied that the move stemmed from political pressure. I will not be swayed by political or other pressure in my decision-making, said Ray. Now, it was revealed that McCabe's wife had accepted campaign contributions from the Political Action Committee of then-Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe, a Democrat and close Clinton ally, during a failed state Senate run. That episode is among the decisions under review by the Justice Department's Inspector General, which is expected to complete its report soon. Another of the President's tweets from last year said, Why didn't AG Sessions replace acting FBI Director Andrew McCabe, a Comey friend who was in charge of the Clinton investigation? So, I mean, accusations were hurled back and forth of cover-ups and such. So now the number two man of the FBI, the number one Comey, left earlier this year. And now the number two is retiring early as well. And on the MiamiHerald.com, something very interesting and horrific that needs to be watched in all the schools around the nation. A seven-year-old hit his teacher hours later was taken from school in handcuffs. This is on the Miami Herald. The door opened to the principal's office suddenly. Mercy Alvarez turned and watched a Miami-Dade school police officer enter to take her seven-year-old son into custody. Mercy Alvarez turned and watched a Miami-Dade school, school police officer enter and take her seven-year-old son into custody. Pain pierced her heart when her son was handcuffed. Don't worry, my love, she muttered to him. Her voice choked with tears. It was the second time in less than three months, the second time in less than three months, that school authorities punished her son by calling the police, seven-year-old, by calling the police for behavioral problems. On this occasion, the boy supposedly hit the teacher after scolding, according to the police report. A tantrum for sure, but a sanction that Alvarez considers disproportionate and outrageous. This is police abuse, a whim of the officer, because my son was calm when they came to look for him, says the mother, an independent television and radio producer. Speaking to El Nuevo Herald, the principal, the counselor, and two other people tried to prevent that action, and the officer took the child anyway.
the principal, the counselor, and two other people tried to prevent the police taking the child, and the officer took the child anyway. The clash happened on Thursday at the Coral Way K-8 Center in Miami. The first grader was detained under the provisions of the Florida Mental Health Act, the Baker Act, based on behavioral criteria that indicates that the person could pose a danger to themselves or their peers. The boy was subsequently hospitalized without the consent of his family. The boy was subsequently hospitalized without the consent of his family, at the Nicholas Children's Hospital for psychiatric evaluation. He was discharged hours. What did they do to that child for hours without the parent's consent? He was discharged hours later. He does not have a, men a mental disorder, said Alvarez, who took a video of the arrest and transfers to the hospital. In a statement, Miami-Dade School's police chief, Ian Moffat said that this type of incident is unusual but was warranted. It's unusual but was warranted to prevent his erratic and violent behavior from bringing further harm to himself or, or others. The actions were in accordance with standard operating procedures. Ones need to check out the standard operating procedures of the police in your county when it comes to your first and second graders to all your children in grade school, middle school, and high school. What is the accordance that they are keeping with standard and operating in? So Alvarez does not believe it. Since her video was broadcast, more than 30 mothers in Miami have written to me in solidarity because their children have done the same thing. Along with her husband, Rolando Fuentes, she met with lawyers to evaluate possible legal actions against the Miami-Dade School District and the police. Public school spokeswoman Jackie Caldezia reiterated in another statement that the child began behaving erratically and hit a teacher. Due to a great concern for the student and to ensure his safety and of those around him, he was restricted according to the Baker Act and transported to the hospital to be evaluated. So they're doing this now. Now nowhere in here does it say what precipitated the event that led to the child responding in an erratic and violent way. What did the teacher say or do? What was happening in that classroom to that child? And there was no witness to it, according to this. According to the police report cited by Channel 7, the child was removed from the cafeteria for playing with his food. The child was removed from the cafeteria for playing with his food. And then he was taken to the hallway where his teacher was. That's when he attacked the teacher by repeatedly punching her on her back. Now, there's there's a piece missing. That's the mystery, the missed story. The missed story is the mystery. What happened in the interim of when he was taken to his teacher and then he attacked her? He just didn't attack her out of nowhere. And, and you know, a lot of times that happens, they just report on the child's behavior as if it's some random event and it wasn't precipitated by something. Although the boy was, was um, restrained, he continued to throw punches and kicks until both fell on the floor, where he continued to fight. Now, if they both fell on the floor, how did, how did, how did um, he continue to fight? What was she doing for her to fall on the floor, too? This seven-year-old threw this child on the floor. The teacher is planning to press charges against the child. The teacher is planning to press charges against the seven-year-old. 
Alvarez says that until she sees the evidence in a surveillance video, she does not believe that her child is capable of being strong enough to knock down the teacher. Exactly. The family believes that the boy is being bullied and that this is why behavior problems arise. He was suspended for 10 days last November for another tantrum at the school. That the school called a tantrum, which I tend to believe as a parent is a reaction and a response. According to the mother's testimony, it was the same police officer who stopped him both times. They have created a psychological trauma. Instead of fixing the problem, you are building a problem, Alvarez argues. She says that her son always dreamed of being a policeman, but these days he told me he does not want to be because the police are bad. Let's pray for the family, for the Alvarez family, and that they have some justice out there in Miami. Mercy Alvarez and her husband, Rolando and their son that has been traumatized by this event and being taken to the floor. I mean, they're using the Baker Act and hauling seven-year-olds off to get mentally evaluated without parents' consent. Ones, be aware of what's happening in your school system where you live. And she was named by your families and your children be protected. And on, um, on, ifpress.com, ifpress.com, Vacation Horror. Vacation Horror. Okay, this is News Ontario. Dozens of worms in my feet. A Windsor couple, um, Eddie Zeitner and Katie Stephens, can't help but regret a recent trip to the Caribbean. But so would anybody who would come home with parasites burrowing in their feet. Parasites. I have dreams of worms in my feet, and so does Kate, says Zeitner, 25, on Friday. It's kind of sickening to think about. Stevens, 22, added, it's pretty gross. It's something living in your body that's not supposed to be there. Both Zeitner and his girlfriend, Stephens, are currently suffering from cantinous larva migraines, better known as hookworms. Hookworms. The disease is typically contracted in tropical environments by walking barefoot in sand or in moist soil near microscopic nomatode larvae enter mammalian hosts by migrating through the skin. So Zeitner said that he and Stephens walked barefoot on the beaches from their very first day of their week-long stay at the IFA Villas Bavara all-inclusive resort and spa in Playa Bavara, Punta Cana, Dominican Republic. Ones need to stop going to Punta Cana and to the Dominican Republic. You know, and maybe this is the way that they will learn to stop providing them with tourism. Um, they now have hookworms in the sand. An official at the hotel who declined to give her name when contacted Friday said that the resort has received um, no other inquiries or complaints about hookworms or guests complaining about itchy feet. The star is unaware of any other vacationers in the region reporting similar problems. Although they experienced some, some irritation during their trip, it wasn't until they returned to Windsor when they returned home on January 18th, that the infection manifested and their feet took a grotesque turn. The symptoms really started to pick up. Zeitner said the itchiness was unbearable. We were scratching pretty much nonstop. In a matter of days, Zeitner and Stephen's feet deteriorated into messes of swollen flesh, weeping blisters, and torturous red tracks showing where the worms had traveled. Okay, so the frantic couple made repeat visits to the hospital to find out what was wrong, but it wasn't until January 22nd at the emergency room doctor recognized the, 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 the different signs of cutaneous larva migraines. 
Even after diagnosis, more frustrating things awaited them. Zeitner said that the medications that are used to treat hookworms are not licensed for sale in his country, in Canada. So Health Canada has put ivermectin and this other medicine on its special access program, meaning that they can only be obtained by federal approval on a case-by-case basis. So Zeitner said that his requests for the drugs were denied. They said our cases weren't severe enough to get the medication. I don't know how much worse it's going to be for them to approve it. People have passed away from parasitic infections. So fortunately, a connection with the doctor possessing a dual national license allowed Zeitner and Steffens to quickly get the medications they needed in the U.S. Now the couple are busy recovering. Okay, so the couple both need crutches to get around, and they've been told that the infection should, should subside in a few weeks, but healing the skin damage could take months. You know, so um, they said that a Niagara couple are also currently suffering cutaneous lava margo, and they went to a resort. Um, also in the Dominican Republic. And the reason that I say that one should not patronize the Dominican Republic is because the extreme racism um, and degradation that they've done to people of color, to people of African, African descent, of Haitian descent, over in the Dominican Republic. Um, according to the Huffington Post, it's time for a global movement to stop anti-black racism in the Dominican Republic. If you go to tripadvisor.com and look up reviews about Punta Cana and different places, they you will see reviews of people treating the guests, the African American, Caribbean, you know, descent, the, the 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 black guests of the resort in racist ways. You know, so who wants to pay for an all-inclusive in um racist experience? And so approximately um, an estimated 250 Dominicans of Haitian descent was stripped of legal statuses due to a court decision to denationalize generations, generations of native and foreign-born Dominicans of Haitian and of Haitian ancestry. They're going to denationalize generations of native foreign-born Dominicans of Haitian ancestry. So ancestry. So this is legalized racism, and the ruling codified as resolution by the Dominican Republic Tribunal Constitution. Okay, and so it retroactively removed the citizenship status of Dominicans of Haitian descent, rendering them stateless, and its action denies these community members their required documentation to exercise basic civil rights, such as travel, work, voting, public education, housing. In essence, this ruling strips Dominicans of Haitian descent their human rights and dignity forcing them off their land, tearing families apart, and violently deporting residents without a moment's notice or due process. So those that go and patronize are supporting that as far as I'm concerned. And so now people are getting hookworms in their feet from walking in the sand of a place that does that to people. You know, And so U.S.-based national formation of the Black, em- Black Immigration Network stands with the international community in condemning the Dominican Republic's action. The expulsion of Dominicans of Haitian descent and Haitian migrants, regardless of immigration status, is unconscionable and wrong. They are expelling the expulsion 
of Dominicans of Haitian descent and ha- and Haitian migrant, regardless of their immigration, whether whether you're a, you're nationalized, certified, they don't care. You're black. That's horrible. And so they've also had hangings. They were hanging black people, just as 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 um far off as eight months to a year ago, in the Dominican Republic. You know, and they really treat the people there bad that are of African, Haitian descent, even if you're a visitor. So burn fire on their retroactive, generational, racist hatred. And on CNN.com, Asia's strongman followed Trump's lead on fake news. So, again, this fake news um, talking points is spreading like wildfire across the world. <laughs> Spies an iceberg of, of, of misinformation. A media that acts as mafia and, of course, fake news. These are some of the terms leaders across Southeast Asia are using to discredit journalists and media outlets. And the rhetoric is morphing into action with arrest of journalists and the shuttering of news sites across the region. In the Philippines, an independent news site which has been accused of being fake news by the country's leader, Rodrigo Duarte, faces closure after the country's SEC pulled its license. Elsewhere, two journalists in Myanmar are facing charges filed while they were reporting on the Rohingya crisis for Reuters in nearby Cambodia. A U.S.-funded news organization shuts its local bureau down shortly after two of its former reporters were arrested. Analysis and observers say Asia's strongman leaders have been emboldened by the lack of criticism of their heavy-handed tactics from Washington and the administration of President Donald Trump himself, a fierce and persistent critic of the press. It's a worrying trend, said Sean Crispin, senior Southeast Asia representative for the Committee to Protect Journalists, CPJ. It looks as though they're taking cues from one of the countries that traditionally protected press freedom, the United States. So the shutdown last week, the Philippine Security and Exchange Commission, ostensibly an independent non-political organization, announced that it would rescind the license for the online news site Rappler. At the heart of the issue was claimed that the SEC, that Raptor, an upstart online news portal in the Philippines, had violated the country's constitution and that its registration would be revoked over foreign ownership rules. Rappler has strongly denied the claim. So they're using this fake news, you know, um, talking point to go and shut down what does not follow um, their agenda. And so they are disparaging the media. So this is happening in, in um, Cambodia, Thailand, Myanmar, and Vietnam as well. This fake news narrative is continuing forth. And on theguardian.com, Israeli Holocaust survivors plead case of African migrants. Holocaust survivors in Israel have pleaded with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu not to expel the 38,000 African migrants, citing their own experience as outcasts. We know, we who know precisely what it's like to be refugees, homeless and bereft of a state that preserves and protects us from violence and suffering, cannot comprehend how a Jewish government can expel refugees and asylum seekers to a journey of suffering, torment and death. 
the 36 signatories wrote in a letter in Harrods on Friday. Saturday is Holocaust Remembrance Day. On January 3rd, Netanyahu told illegal immigrants, mainly Ukrainians and Sudanese, to leave voluntarily or face prison. He defended his he defended his decision at the weekly cabinet meeting last Sunday, denying that the potential de- deportees were refugees. We are acting against illegal immigrants. Illegal migrants who come here not as refugees but for work needs, he said. Israel will continue to offer asylum for genuine refugees and will remove illegal migrants from its midst. Now, this is just one more thing that there's really people have been protesting about Benjamin Netanyahu um, and his administration of corruption um, for seven weeks, eight weeks in a row. They have been protesting the streets, and now these 36 Holocaust survivors in honor of Holocaust Remembrance Day, says, how can you ship out 38,000 people who are seeking asylum? And even if they are looking for work, what's the problem? You know, that's just, again, negativity and um, some kind of insidious um, agenda being put forth. And on theguardian.com, the super blue blood moon Super Blue Blood Moon, stargazers prepare for a rare celestial event. The blue moon, super moon, and blood moon combine to create a moment not seen in the sky for more than 150 years. A rare celestial event will grace the skies during the coming week when a blue moon and a lunar eclipse combine with the moon being at its closest point to Earth, resulting in what's being called a super blue blood moon. The trifecta will take place on January 31st and will be best visible from the Western Hemisphere. The last time the three elements combined at the same time was 1866. The super blue blood moon is the result of a blue moon, the second full moon in a calendar month, occurring at the same time as a super moon when the moon is at its perigee and about 14% brighter than usual, and the so-called blood moon, the moment during the lunar eclipse when the moon in the Earth's shadow takes on a reddish tint. Stargazers living in the U.S. will be able to see the eclipse before sunrise on Wednesday, according to NASA. For those in the Middle East, Asia, and Eastern Russia, Australia, and New Zealand, the event will be visible during moonrise on the morning of January 31st. For the continental U.S., the viewing will be best in the West, said Gordon Johnston, the program executive and lunar blogger at NASA. So set your alarm early and go out and take a look. For the first time in 152 years, a supermoon and blue moon and tonal lunar eclipse will coincide. So the Most High is moving the heavens. And on, on... What I found very interesting was um, the NAACP is filing a lawsuit against Trump. The NAACP files a lawsuit against the Trump administration. The NAACP is officially suing the Trump administration, according to the Huffington Post. The civil rights group filed a lawsuit on Wednesday accusing the U.S. Department of Homeland Security of discrimination after their decision to cancel temporary protected status for Haitians. In the suit, the group claims that this is a direct violation of the Constitution's Equal Protection Guarantee. The legal document also cites Trump's alleged comments about Haiti, 
El Salvador and some African nations being shithole countries, and the New York Times report that Trump allegedly said that people from Haiti all have AIDS. In stark contrast, the president stated that immigrants from countries like Norway were more desirable and should be admitted. The lawsuit reads, President Trump has made clear that he wishes to reduce the number of immigrants of color to the United States if we pre- as has been previously reported, temporary protected status allows immigrants from select countries to move into the United States to live and work if conditions in their home countries are too bad. For example, civil war or natural disasters. Haiti was granted TPS after the 2010 earthquake. So pray that this is able to be successful. I'm, I'm very happy with this new president of the NAACP sending out press releases and travel warnings, and, you know, filing lawsuits. That's what the NAACP is supposed to be about. We're going to take a music moment and come back with technology. Blessings and grace. Mm-hmm. Is it bitter? Is it sweet, sweet? Is it bland? Is it bland, bland? Tell me, is it bitter? Is it sweet, sweet? No. Is it bland? Is it bland? Strange fruit hanging from a plastic bag noose. That don't sound right. Then they call it suicide. Like she ain't got no sense of pride. My people ain't no fooling we. Eyes open, eyes shut, they gon' see. Open all they shut, they gon' see. Is it bitter? Is it sweet, sweet? Is it bland? Is it bland, bland? Tell me, is it bitter? Is it sweet, sweet? No, is it bland? Is it bland? Tell me, do you believe this shit? Hell no, they keep getting away with the same things. Sandra would be turning in her grave if we all just shut up and behave. Silence is a new slave. Silence is a new slave. Say, say now, silence is a new slave. Silence is a new slave. Say, say, say. Is it bitter? Is it sweet, sweet? Is it bland? Is it bland, bland? Tell me, is it bitter? Is it sweet, sweet? No, is it bland? Is it bland? Is it bland? Your focus.
politics, system, policies, money banks, foundation, discoveries, mischievous and self-centered development strategies, ineffective enough not to affect the physics and spirits of mankind. In short, in effect, where do we go from here? When we lack love in our hearts, when we lack an open heart, I lie to ourselves and the one that truly love that we love. But truly, we don't really give a fuck. Another day has passed, my conscience unto me once more for me to face an excitation which is coming up, yo. The flesh is overcome, the spirit's eyes open, but shut sights. Love, we can't see the road, cause I'm scared of the lights. I got to go on, I got to move on. We got to go on, we got to move on. Cause if you don't search for the truth, your soul will definitely remain on that one.
remember where? Remember back what my mother said. Remember back what my mother said. Keep a whole bone rolling. Remember back what my mother said. It's a word that my mother said. Keep a whole bone
back with my mother's face. Keep a whole bone Remember back with my mother's face. Remember back what my mother said. It's a word that my mother said. Blessings and grace, and I'm back with technology. I'm going to start off at TechCrunch.com. Google is expanding the reach of Howard West, which began last year as a three-month residency for students at Howard University. Now it's going to be a full academic year and available to students from other historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs. In fall of this year, 100 students from Howard and other HBCUs will participate in a nine-month immersive computer science program at Google's headquarters. The initial pilot program included 26 students from Howard. At the end of the three-month program, 14 students applied for software engineering internships at Google, though only four of them received and accepted offers. The pilot exceeded our expectations in many ways. Google engineer Howard Suing wrote in a blog post, students and the faculty noted both the rigor and the immersion in life at Google as the program's most compelling aspects, and that the Googlers involved felt there was a true exchange of knowledge, culture, and understanding. Today, Google is 31% female, 2% black, and 4% Latin. Last year, Google also brought on a new VP of diversity, Danielle Brown from Intel. Brown joined Intel in 2009 as an associate for the company's accelerated leadership program and had been at the forefront of Intel's diversity efforts. In the last diversity report under Brown's leadership, Intel reported it hit its goal of retaining diverse employees with a 15% exit rate for women and people of color compared to a 15.5% exit rate for employees in majority groups. So blessings and strength to Danielle Brown and hopefully she makes an impact in creating a more diverse um, environment within the engineering and all the different sectors that Google has. And um, doors are opening for people of color as far as um, getting an immersive experience within the Google framework and being able to have that on their resume as a stamp of approval to move forward. So for those that have children in, in, um, in um, HBCUs, look into that program as STEM is the future. And on edscoop.com, edscoop.com, the age of automation demands students learn soft skills, as we just discussed. In a new study from Adobe, educators and policymakers said creative problem-solving skills must be learned in school. Creative problem-solving skills. It just can't be rote memory anymore. You know, I mean, it's about time they recognize this. Automation is expected to replace millions of existing jobs by the time the next generation has joined the workforce, making soft skills more important than ever before. Among these soft skills, creative problem solving will be of especially high value. That's why wisdom is so important and the different perspectives of wisdom overstand. According to Adobe and the educators and policymakers recently surveyed by the software company, Adobe asked 1,600 secondary and post-secondary educators and 400 policymakers and influencers from the U.S., U.K., Germany, Japan about creative problem-solving skills, including how critical they are and whether today's students possess them. An overwhelming 97%. 97% of the respondents said such skills are important in the classroom. Adobe defines creative problem solving as the process of redefining problems and opportunities 
coming up with new innovative response and solutions, and then taking action. The company believes that tomorrow's jobs will demand these skills. The Adobe Education Program Global-led Tacey Talbert has worked on a number of research projects focused on creativity and education. Um, you know, educators and policymakers agreed that creative problem-solving skills are not being nurtured in schools today. Respondents said that the lack of time to create was the main hurdle in teaching creative problem-solving, but that limited access to the necessary software and technology in the classroom and at home was also another major hurdle. So despite the lack of many many institutions, some developing workarounds, you know, so um, the director of writing program at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill built a curriculum to help all incoming students develop a baseline understanding of digital literacy. He requires his students to not just write essays, but to communicate the ideas through videos, images, websites, and social engagement. So being able to have tactile knowledge of many different formats, you know, is going to be so important as well as the creative problem solving skills and the critical thinking um, for the for the next generation to come, more specifically. And it says um, on ideapod.com, ideapod, we are born creative geniuses and the education system duns us down, according to a NASA scientist. At the TEDx Tucson, Dr. George Land dropped a bombshell when he told his audience about the shocking result of a creativity test developed by NASA for NASA, but subsequently used to test school children. NASA had contacted Dr. George Land and Beth Jarman to develop a highly specialized test that would give them the means to effectively measure the creative potential of NASA's rocket scientists and engineers. The test turned out to be very successful for NASA's purposes, but the scientists were left with a few questions. Where does creativity come from? Are some people born with it, or is it learned? Or does it come from our experience? Overstand the philosophical approach to wisdom. So the scientists then gave the test to 1,600 students between the ages of 4 and 5. What they found shocked them. This is a test that looks at the ability to come up with new, different, innovative ideas to problems. What percentage of those children do you think fell into the genius category of imagination? What percentage? A full 98%. It gets more interesting. But this is not the real story. The scientists were so astonished that they decided to make a longitudinal study and tested the children again five years later when they were 10 years old. The result? Only 30% of the children now fell into the genius category of imagination. When the kids were tested at 15 years, they figured the figure dropped to 12%. What about as adults? How many of us are still intact with our creative genius after years of schooling? Sadly, only 2%. 2%. And for those who question the consistency of the results or think that they may be isolated incidences, these results have actually been replicated more than a million times, reports Gavin Nascimento, whose article first alerted to this amazing study and its shocking implication that the school system, our education, robs us of our creative genius. 
The reasoning for this is not too difficult to apprehend. School, as you plainly call it, is an institution that has historically been put in place to ultimately serve the wants of the ruling class, not the common people. In order for the so-called elite to maintain their lavish lifestyle over luxury, where they contribute the least but enjoy the most, they understand that children must be dumbed down and brainwashed to accept and even serve their rapier system of artificial scarcity, unending exploitation, and incessant war, writes Nazimendo. Land says we have the ability to be at 98% if we want to. 98% genius capacity. From what they found from the studies with the children and from how the brain works, there are two kinds of thinking that takes place in the brain, but use different parts of the brain, and it's a totally different kind of paradigm in the sense of how it forms something in our mind. It's called divergent. That's imagination. Used for generating new possibilities. The other is called convergent. That's when you're making a judgment, you're making a decision, you're testing something, you're criticizing, you're evaluating. So divergent thinking works like an accelerator, and convergent thinking puts a break on our best efforts. We found that what happens to these children as we educate them, we teach them to do both kinds of thinking at the same time, says Land. When someone actually come up with a new idea, as you come up with them, what you mostly learn at school is to immediately look and see. We tried that before. That's a dumb idea. It won't work and so forth. This is the point, and this is what we must stop doing. When we actually look inside the brain, we find that neurons are fighting each other and actually diminishing the power of the brain because we're consistently judging, criticizing, and censoring, Land says. If we operate under fear, we use a smaller part of the brain. If we operate under fear, overstand. If we operate under fear, we use a smaller part of the brain. Understand all these alerts and the fear-mongering. It causes one to use a smaller part of the brain. But when we use creative thinking, the brain just lights up. So what's the solution? We need to find our five-year-old again. That's the solution. That capability that we as five-year-olds possess never goes away. That's something you exercise every day when you're dreaming. Overstand on meditating. Land reminds us, how do you go about finding the five-year-old? Land challenges us all. Tomorrow, you take a table fork, turn to your five-year-old, and come up with 25 or 30 ideas. 25 or 30 ideas on how to improve the table fork. Solution, solution-based thinking, solution-based acting must happen in order for us to move forward. We're going to take a music moment and come back with Herbnology. Blessings and grace. Nowhere in this savagery I find So I've got to leave them behind Yeah, you get on
Talking to God. These days I've been cutting the ties, tailor made like I'm cutting the ties. These days I've been peeping the signs, reading the times. These days losing my mind. These days when cool as the funds, indirect you don't get a response. These days you've been hitting my line. These days I've been hitting the climb, card decline. But I don't know you a dime. These days I've been more than myself. These days I ain't asking for help, ask for strength, less for wealth. These days I've been reading the acts. Yes, if fear give me fear, I pray I never collapse. These days I've been lacking the nap, but I'm proud of my naps, and even more proud to be black. These days I've been Think away before I react. If I ever react, just some thoughts from the kid I've in the back. Watching, I've been praying, I've been growing, I've been changing. Ain't no way I'm going back. The way I had me fall off track. I know I'm destined for something much greater than my shame. These days feel it's all a facade. These days feel it's all a mirage. These days still beating the eyes to get the picture. Gotta see the collage. These days. Man, we are who we are. These days trying to plot and escape. These days I ain't holding my weight. When the good Lord see me pray, he opens the gates. These days I just own my mistakes. I'm knowing the stakes and paving the way. These days I don't honor neglect. These days I don't honor the rest. Lacking the rest, they lacking the best. These days I be all in my chest, but they never see what's next. Even stop and finesse. These days I ain't hoping for change. These days I be moving in faith. It's never too late. Forget what they say. 
These days it ain't nothing to do These days I ain't sitting around smoking with you Procrastinated too long to be hoping with you Been alone too long to be open with you Got my own set of problems, I ain't coping with you Sherry Shepard these days, so it's bigger than you These days, gotta get to it now These days I might make me a child Teach her how to be the queen of a town Inspire those to come and spread love It don't matter if you white or you brown These days I've been ready to blow These days I've been ready to go Trying to stop me but I'm straight from the go These days can't believe in the no If they don't open up for me then we breaking the door These days I be less to talk These days I be more with the walk These days I ain't taking a loss These days see it clear and involves I show my son to respect before we pick up the chalk I've been
and grace and I'm back with herbnology and today I'm going to focus on rose water rose water benefits rose water with its amazing anti-inflammatory properties helps soothe skin irritation reduce redness promote anti-aging relieves headaches and protects against infections among other for so for skin irritation if your skin is regularly irritated it could be a sign of chronic inflammation or condition of rosacea, psoriasis, or eczema. The anti-inflammatory compounds in rose water can help eliminate this discomfort and speed the healing process with its antioxidant compounds. Skin redness, the immune system, acts in all parts of the body, but in some cases you want to suppress that activity or make it more efficient. This water can help eliminate the swelling and redness of inflammation, returning the skin on your face or neck or chest to, a, to its normal color. And infections, roses contain certain volatile compounds that are known to have antibacterial properties. This makes the sweet-smelling water a great way to protect the immune system and prevent infections and pathogens from attacking the body's largest organ. Anti-aging. Some of the active ingredients in rose water are antioxidant in nature, meaning that they seek out free radicals and neutralize them before they can do serious damage. In terms of anti-aging effects on the skin, the regular use of this water can help prevent the appearance of wrinkles, age spots, and blemishes. And so, um, mood booster. This er this aromatic compound found in rose water has been linked to affecting hormonal levels, including neurotransmitters in the brain. Okay? The smell, the aromatic compound in rose water um, affects hormone levels and neurotransmitters in the brain. The aroma of this water as a perfume or in a cosmetic product can help to elevate the mood and relieve symptoms of depression, and it can also help in treatments of headaches and stomach issues. Consuming rose water in small amounts has been linked to improved digestive function and gastrointestinal health. This can mean a reduction in constipation and other inflammatory conditions. Hair health. Many people use, ro use rose water in hair masks, which can help soothe inflammation on the scalp, which can cause problems like dandruff and hair loss, and it can also strengthen hair, improve texture and luster, and help eliminate the split ends. And a sore throat. 
The anti-inflammatory nature in this water can even help respiratory issues by soothing sore throats and mitigating the need to cough. This can allow for healing of the respiratory tracts, while the water also seeks out the underlying infection. So rose water has been used in many ways throughout history and still used in various creative manners, including hair masks, facial cleanser, facial toner, and makeup remover. A moisturizer and an antibiotic topical ointment, rose water can be mixed with other creams, salves, and carrier oils, where it can be delivered to lower layers of the skin. And rose water is also consumed in recipes and culinary preparations, particularly if rose water is altered in certain ways, such as adding sugar or to it like a, um, what they call rose syrup. So, you know, rose water is something that is, you know, of the nature of the most high. And it has so many healing properties, especially if you grow your own organic roses, overstand. So how you make rose water? Thousands of years ago, rose water was made in the most basic way, soaking the rose petals in water for an extended period. The water distillation method would pull many of the active ingredients and aromatic compounds out of the flowers, infusing the water. Steam distillation processes do exist, but for the natural at-home removal, there's a quicker method. So you want to remove the petals from six to eight rose stems and place the petals in a large pot. Add enough water to the pot to just cover the petals, but be sure not to add too much water. Use low-medium heat to gradually heat the water and the petals. Bring the water to a simmer and hold it there for about 20 to 30 minutes. Wait for the petals to lose most of their color and become a pale pink-white. Remove from heat and strain out the petals and store the rose water in a jar or spray bottle away from direct sunlight. And then you have rose water, you know. Um, for those that wear makeup, you know, those really expensive makeup setting sprays that cost $200 are made with rose water and glycerin and essential oils and things from the most high that, you know, that we can put together ourselves and not give these corporations our money. You know, like I tell my husband, he goes food shopping, he's a lot of the grocery shopping. I said, keep the corporation out of my kitchen, you know, and I like to keep the corporation off my face and off my body as well you know, and leave that to the nature of the Most High in Yeshua's name. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the metaphysics of the moment. Blessings and grace. When we are successful, and we will be, who's making these beats, bro? In the 
darkness For the peace and the chaos Cause Father said flee from those evils And I shall
It is time you open up that metaphysical grave that had been dug for you, the part of you, the spark that lays buried. That is what's going to open you up. That's what's going to give you the ability to escape. Escape. Your metaphysical mind. 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 And welcome to the metaphysics of the moment. We're going to start off tonight and um, inside the Nag Hammadi, the book of Thomas the Contender, specifically. Now, Thomas said to the Lord, Therefore, I beg you, to tell me what I ask you before your ascension. And when I hear from you about the hidden things, then I can speak about them. And it's obvious to me that the truth is difficult to perform before men. The Savior answered, saying, If the things that are visible to you are obscure to you, how can you hear about the things that are not visible? If the deeds of the truth that are visible in the world are difficult for you to perform, how indeed then shall you perform those that pertain to the exalted height and to the pleroma, which are not visible? And how shall you be called laborers? In this respect, you are apprentices and have not yet received the height of perfection. To overstand, to be ready for your position in your future form, in the exalted height, and to the pleromas that are not visible, you have to have knowledge, wisdom, and overstanding now, and be on the road to it now. There's been proof by that NASA scientist through that test that they're dumbing down the children and reducing the genius level from 98% down to 
you know, and it's for a reason. And next we're going to move to the teachings of Sylvanus in the Nag Hammadi Library. The teachings of Sylvanus. It says, Wisdom summons you in her goodness, saying, Come to me, all of you, O foolish ones, that you may receive a gift, the understanding which is good and excellent. I'm giving you a high priestly garment, which is woven from every kind of wisdom. What else is evil death except ignorance? What else is evil darkness except familiarity with forgetfulness? Cast your anxiety upon God alone. Do not become desirous of gold and silver, which are profitless, but clothe yourself with wisdom like a robe. Clothe yourself with wisdom like a robe. Put knowledge on yourself like a crown and be seated upon a throne of perception. For these are yours, and you will receive them again on a high another time. For a foolish man usually puts on folly like a robe, and like a garment of sorrow he puts on shame. And he crowns himself with ignorance and takes his seat upon a throne of nescience. No science. And while he is without reason, he leads only himself astray, for he is guided by ignorance. And he goes the ways of the desire of every passion. He swims in the, in the desire of life and has sunk. To be sure, he thinks that he finds profit when all he does, all the things which are without profit. The wretched man who goes through all these things will die because he does not have the mind, the helmsman, the mind, which is the helmsman. But he is like a ship which is the wind tosses to and fro, and like the loose horse, which has no rider, for this man needed the rider, which is the reason. The reason, the reason is the rider. It rides us. The reason rides through us. For the wretched one went astray because he did not want advice. He was thrown to and fro by these three misfortunes. He acquired death as a father, ignorance as a mother, and evil counsels. He acquired them as friends and brothers. Therefore, foolish one, you should mourn for yourself. From now on, then, my son, return to your divine nature. Return to your divine nature. Cast from you these evil, deceiving friends. Accept Yeshua Christ as true friend. As a good teacher, cast from you death, which has become a father to you. For death did not exist, nor will it exist at the end. But since you cast from yourself God, the Holy Father, the true life, the spring of life, therefore you have obtained death as a father and have acquired ignorance as a mother, they have robbed you of the true knowledge. They robbed you of the true knowledge. But return, my son, to your first father, God, and wisdom, your mother. Your first father, God, and wisdom, your mother, from whom you came into being from the very first in order that you might fight against all your enemies, the powers of the adversary. Listen, my son, to my advice. Do not be ignorant in opposition to every good opinion, but take for yourself the side of the divinity 
of reason. The divinity of reason. Keep the holy commandments of Yeshua and you will reign over every place on earth and will be honored by the angels and archangels. Then you will acquire them as friends and fellow servants and you will acquire places in heaven above. Do not bring grief and trouble to the divine which is within you. But when you will care for it, will request of it that you remain pure and will become self-controlled in your soul and body. You will become a throne of wisdom and one belonging to God's household. He will give you a great light through it. He will give you a great light through wisdom. The teachings of Sylvanus. And I'm going to move forward into the sentences of Sextus in the Nag Hammadi Library, the sentences of Sextus. Wisdom leads the soul to the place of God. Wisdom leads the soul to the place of God. There is no kinsman in the truth except wisdom. It is not possible for a believing nature to become fond of lying. A fearful and slavish nature will not be able to partake in faith. When you are faithful, what is fitting to say is not of greater value than hearing. When you are with believing persons, desire to listen rather than to speak. A pleasure-loving man is useless in everything. When there is no accounting of sin, do not speak in anything which is from God. And the sins of those who are ignorant are the shame of those who have taught them. Those on account of whom the name of God is blasphemed are dead before God. A wise man is a doer of good works after God. May your life confirm your words before those who hear. What it is not right to do, don't, do not even consider doing it. And what you do not want to happen to you, do not do it to yourself either. He is a wise man who commends God to men, and God thinks more highly of the wise man than of his own works. After God, no one is as free as the wise man. Everything God possesses, the wise man has also. The wise man shares in the kingdom of God. An evil man does not want the foreknowledge of God to come to pass. An evil soul flees from God. Everything bad is the enemy of God. What thinks in you? Say with your mind that it is man. What thinks in you? Say with your mind that it is man. Where your thought is, there is your goodness. Do not seek goodness in flesh. He who does not harm the soul, neither does so to man. After God, honor a wise man, since he is the servant of God. And finally, the metaphysics behind the Queen of Sheba as it pertains to wisdom. The Queen of Sheba indicates the ruling intuitive intelligence of the whole consciousness pertaining to that part of being which has to do with nature. We ought to understand that Solomon, in meeting and entertaining the Queen of Sheba, had to meet and impart to his body consciousness and intuitive wisdom, 
that it had not previously possessed. Solomon, in the wisdom of spirit, comes in touch with his illumined natural being, the Queen of Sheba. When the illumination from spirit is first received, we are for a time so absorbed in it and in its revelations that we are mostly wholly unconscious of our body, but a thought is formed in us that presides over that domain called the body substance. The outer body aspect, the outer aspect is, is um, termed flesh, blood and bone, but the real substance is mental, your mind. That's the substance when the spirit is first re received. And when we have been illuminated by the spirit, the body will come to us in its true light and ask for our higher wisdom. It will bring us to many presents or valuable substances. You know, so when the seed of the spirit of what it is we're supposed to be doing, you know, it's, it's a call for action. And then the body moves and then we become who we're supposed to be. Manifesting based on the illumination of the spirit of the Most High put inside and then manifested outward in Yeshua's name. We're going to take a music moment. Blessings and grace. Hold your head up. Don't you doubt yourself no more. Child, don't you know who you are? Who you come from? You made in God's image. He lives in you, exudes through you. You got a light on you so bright, it's binding, child. Don't you ever lose your light. Even when everything else around you done got dark. Even when everything in you done got dark, don't you conform. Remember who you are. Know your worth. Love yourself. Care for yourself.
blessings and grace, I'd like to thank you for joining me for another offering of Women Wednesday. And I'd like to show love to the music that accompanied and expounded and expanded on the frequency. That was just Igbo, their entrance theme. Christian Jalan, remember, a note to self. Sun Ra, Godspell. Saint Germain, Rose Rouge. Claire Angel, Defend Your Man. Christian Jalan, Tuesday. Freestyle, Luna Day, Black and White, Naturally Nice, featuring Christian Lejean. These days, Rima Hypnotize, St. Germain Mama Said, NECA Focus, Jazz Star, Sandra Bland, St. Germain Heavy Piano, Marla Brown, featuring Mutabaraka, Words of Wisdom, Roe, featuring Christian Jalan, Affirmations, NECA Stand Strong, John 9, Peter Tosh, Preacher Man, Christian Jalan, A Psalm for Me, Earthology, The Whitefield Brothers featuring Bajaka, Sarak, Exhibit She, John 9, She's Got Her Ticket, and I'm going to end with Wax Roofs, Waxes, Intro. Blessings and grace and strength to all. Mm-hmm.